Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Ozumba. And I'm Brady Stella. Welcome in, Brady. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I like most weeks. Pretty good, man. Yeah. That's all I ever say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. You, know, you been stocking up on toilet paper? Yeah, no, I got 25 rolls. Yeah. Don't yeah. want to make light of it too much, but it is fascinating to me to see what is... The things that people like to buy. Yeah, so yeah. toilet paper, obviously Purell. Um, I get the Purell. Were, yeah. My wife and I were commenting on the lack of... Or the odd things that people are stacking up on. Yeah, so, so corn. Canned corn. Canned corn. Canned corn. Um, hard to find canned corn. Um, hard to find rice and beans, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, rice and beans. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. If you're under the weather, uh, you boil it for a while, you eat. Well, and again, if you have to be hauled up in your house, yeah. you've got to make something. You some shelf-stable food yeah. stuff. But actually, um, somebody was coming out with a, a uh, boatload of fish sticks. Okay. I'm not really sure in the, like, a dystopian kind of idea of a world, like, you know. Some people just Fish sticks. I, well, what's your comfort food? What's your go-to? Oh, no, that's a really good question. So, um, for me, it would probably be, like, mac and cheese. So, they had very little yeah. mac and cheese at grocery stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes but sense. ramen was all gone. Too. Yeah, ramen's really easy to make. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing, like, you, you want to, like, if you want to feel grumpy, you want oh, absolutely. a little input yeah. from you. But I can't eat any of that stuff anymore. I'd love to eat mac and cheese. I know, you're like on some sort of starvation diet. Well, <laughs> you can't eat gluten, but you know, like, <laughs> now I got, no, apparently I've got acid reflux. Everybody, the, the audience, is down to water, so we'll yeah. see how he uh, <laughs> The doctor he was like, here. yeah. uh, here's what you got to give up, man. You got you to gotta stop eating anything crunchy. It's like, uh, okay. He's <laughs> like, you got to stop eating anything spicy. It's like, okay. It was like, no spicy. No, no tomato, no onion, no garlic, <laughs> no ginger. Uh, no caffeine of any sort. So no coffee, of which I drink two to three cups a day. No tea, which I drink two to three cups a day. No herbal tea. So I'm literally drinking hot water. That's really sad. <laughs> you know the whole coffee thing? Because right now it is beautiful here. It's good coffee weather. It was gorgeous this weekend. Yeah. And I'm like torn, I'm, I'm, I'm torn into the iced coffee. Yeah. Uh, I go iced coffee in the summer and uh, I'm just like, I'm loving, I'm loving life. I don't ever drink iced coffee. Hot, oh, hot and black life. all summer long. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. Easier to like sit I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. I moved out to Virginia, and there was a guy that I worked with, and I thought he was a, a maniac when I first moved out there because I moved from Minnesota, direct from Minnesota to Virginia. He did the summer, and it must have been 90, 95 degrees. And we went onto the roof of this uh, cafe, and he got like an espresso or like a, a hot black coffee, and I was boiling. And he's just, he's like, no, hot coffee. And he was just pounding his hot black coffee in the sun on the roof. Just, and he just sprawled like a starfish and was soaking up the race. And he's like, he'll embrace it. And by the end, <laughs> by the end of the time that I lived there, I would like to wear jeans when it was 100 degrees. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Um, so I, I came around and I just, I never really got on the ice. Never looked back. So did it make you feel cooler, as they say? You know, you should eat hot liquids like soups and hot <laughs> coffee if you're in a hot environment. I just, I don't know, I like my, my hot coffee. You know, I like black coffee. Typically. You do. You do like black. You're like an old soul then with the black coffee. Black coffee. Because I don't know too many people under the age of like 70 who right. love black coffee. Yeah, it was funny when I first started going to coffee shops. I'm like, can I get a coffee? Like, what do you want? I'm just like, just give me a coffee. Like, what do you, can you just pour it into a cup for me? <laughs> I'm actually a purist too. So I actually, aside from putting cream in my coffee, I don't, I don't get going for the fancy drinks. Again, Peace and love if you love. Yeah. Drink a nice, you, drink. you know, a nice venti, soy extra pump, caramel, macchiato, whatever it would be. And, right. You know, good for you, but I, it's, I just not, it's not my jam. I so. can't handle the sugar. 
Yeah. Let's do a buzz. Let's do a buzz. Talk for 10 minutes we can. We can talk about a lot of things and a lot of shopping. But right. um, so I've got the farmhouse, which is a new apartment development. Um, mm. That is, I know, more apartments. Oh, Goodness. Cow. So if you think about it, you can visualize the intersection of Third, where it meets Ken Pratt. Okay. So when you were telling me this before, this is way the heck out to the east. Exactly. Yeah. So if you think where that sculpture is. Trying to remember what that sculpture's called. The big two stones together. And I'll go come to me, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, you'll remember it. I will. I remember that. Um, but anyway, we're people call it like Longmont Stonehenge, you know. So, um, okay. but anyway, where that is, basically, it's just to the west of there on one nineteen. Is if you're going close to Lowe's. Right. So there's a whole new apartment complex going in over there. Which I mean, you gotta work with the space that's left, but yeah, that's an odd place. I don't know where you go. Like, like a lot of people that live out uh, on the east side of town, not really sure where you live and work and play and stuff because you, you live out there and then there's not as much as if you live in the middle yeah, of town. Yeah, that's kind of snotty. You know, not all of us can live in the center of town like you, but you know. <laughs> Actually, you know, that eastern corridor, I can kind of justify. I mean, totally justify because right. it's going to be built up with more retail and other things too. Right. I mean, that whole Lowe's area, I mean, gosh, you know, in some ways, no, yeah, being close to Lowe's in that area would be really thrilling. But uh, for me, really? it would be thrilling for me. Because I'm at Lowe's quite a bit, or, or a home improvement store, or Ace, you know. Right. Shout out to our local Ace. I was I like Ace this weekend. I love with yeah. local Ace. All right. So my my uh, my water heater wasn't heating water, right? And I used to live with a journeyman plumber when I was like 2022. 20, he was, you know, he'd gone to plumbing school. And he was doing basically a friendship. And he had, because our, our, our water wouldn't work when we lived in this apartment. Like it would, you know, five minutes of hot water and then boom. Was this like a college thing? You put up one of those little tags with a poster and I think you're supposed to take, rip off a piece of paper said wanted journeyman plumber as a roommate or? Jesse <laughs> 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 was a great roommate. He really liked the movie Firefly. And he said, yeah, it's the dip tube, the dip tube. So there's a tube that goes to the bottom um, and it pumps the cold water into the bottom, and then you have like basically two layers, and the hot water gets pushed to the top. Yeah. And yeah. so if you don't have that, then it just shoots in there and all mixes up together. And so it, instead of maintaining hot water, you get warm water for a while. And I wanted to get one of these, and I was driving around town. I went to Home Depot, I went to Lowe's, I went to somewhere else, I think Budget, and I went to Ace, and Ace had one. It was like four bucks. Just a plastic Good. straw. Yeah, no, I love Ace. And it's, it's like, great. man, I gotta go to Ace more. It's great. All right. I hear all they had Purell, but they didn't have Purell. So. <laughs> All right, so then we also got um, Old Chicago closing. Old Chicago closing. So you, you got to talk up Old Chicago because I had obviously different been. Oh, man, you know, so for me, a lot of memories. So I was in college to see you, actually. The Old Chicago's on Pearl Street. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you'd have to wait, like, an hour to get a pizza out of that oven back then because it was, it was pretty darn tasty back okay. then. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of changed. And, you know, we'd go to the one here in, in Longmont. We were thrilled when it came here years ago. And sure. it was, you know, it was pretty cool. It was a good family restaurant when our kids were little, and we'd go there. And so it was great. And then it just, you know, I hadn't been there in probably a, a year or so. Right. But great bar. I mean, I worked It's in a with, weird uh, spot, considering the way that Longmont is involved. It is. Yeah. I mean, it is. But, you know, gosh, I'm talking about visibility. Though. You're coming into town, you see it, and you're like, cool. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. I mean, yeah. if, you were, if you were in the mood or... Uh, needed needed to get food, but um, you know it's it's funny they always seem to have these really cool bars, and they were known for like this tour of beer, which was way before its time. So mm -hmm. you'd like try all these beers in different countries, and kind of really into kind of the craft beer thing way before it was even cool. Yeah, and you know, alas, well, what's 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 old is new. What's new is old. Well, part of what happens when you have all of these really cool new businesses that are doing all of these same things, you need to go to Old Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, probably not. Yeah, like I said, things evolve and change. I mean, 
Yeah. You know, uh, what uh, What was really cool 20, 30 years ago is maybe not as cool anymore. So. Yeah, very possible. Um, over by uh, Lowe's, there's going to be a new place called the Taco Palace. Um, it is fast, kind of fast food Mexican. So at least that's what they're touting themselves. So. Like Taco John? No, no, no. It's going to be like a step up from there. I hope. So I there's... Like, I there's, like potato always. Yeah. Mm. Potatoes, little lays are pretty good. You can make your own potatoes. There's this some um, place in Laramie, Wyoming. Shout out to my son who attends the University of Wyoming. There's a place called Amanza's up in White Laramie. It's yeah. really cool. They do this French fry burrito thing. So you get like some really carne asada and you put French fries in it. Yeah. And you roll it in a burrito. Do you have fry it in a pizza? No, I'm kidding. Wrap <laughs> it in a pizza. You got cheesy I kind of think it's going to be something like Amanza's, kind of like this really cool. Like you can get it and sit down and. Yeah, and you can also take it away and that sort of thing. But yeah. you know, not conversant in everything that they do. But I believe there's a location in Brighton too as well. Oh, cool! So that's cool. Finally, you did some investigation. Mose bagels. Mose bagels. Yeah. So Kelsey and I were driving by. Uh, if you don't know the, the building, there's a really hideous teal building on Main Street just off the third. It's on the west side, uh, and it's <laughs> the lot's bad and the building is bad. Yeah, it's just right across from Hefe's, that area. Yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, so I saw like a, you, you know, they post it when they're planning, yeah. doing a development planning thing. I don't know what stage it's at yet, but I uh, drove up. Uh, we, you know, put the U-turn, went in the lot, and sure enough, it says uh, Moe's Bagels. They took a photo. And um, I don't know when they're coming, but apparently they're coming. We're getting the Moe's Bagels. So is it a bagel to you, or is it a bagel? I say bagel. I'm what the, the heck are you saying? Oh, is that the about, only you person, weirdo? <laughs> the only person I know bagel. says it that way. Yeah, it must be a Minnesota thing. No, it's not. Uh, it's it's not. bagel. Everybody I know from Minnesota, too, makes fun yeah, of me. They're like, bagel. where do you say yeah, bagel? bagel? I don't think about it. They'll get called out by some jerk. So you say herb instead of herb? <laughs> Herbs and spices. <laughs> Actually, and that is exciting because I love most bagels, so that would be really cool. And I think being in the proximity to the apartment complex mm -hmm. and the South Street Station, mm -hmm. and I think that would do really well for like a kind of a take and go. Kind of I thing. do too. Yeah, a lot of those people probably will need some in the morning. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, so I've got it. Just says development proposal and review most bagels site plan. Uh, DV site plan, blah, 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 it's going to be number. And just to review, uh, to kind of tune in our audience, maybe they're checking us out for the first time, you bring the new perspective to Longmont. You've been here for, what, 10, 12 years? Yeah, 10, 12 And years. you have I kind of... since 13. <laughs> oh, okay. 15, 27 years? How long? <laughs> no, I seven now. I guess. Seven years. And so he brings the young perspective, not only chronologically younger mm -hmm. than I am, but also just the, as far as being in Longmont, so that's really cool. Right. Um, I've been here... Gosh, forever. Yeah. So I, I really only seen the explosive growth side. Yeah. I mean, when we, and I've said this before, but when we first moved here after we got a dog, we, we walked on Main Street on a Sunday and it was a ghost town. It was tumbleweeds and spurs, you know, just like nobody out there. Wow, spurs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now, I mean, we went out yesterday and it was like, it was just crawling people. We were approaching some guy with like a, a giant 10 gallon. <laughs> yeah, everybody's inside there. You know, stay away. Who knows what's going on on Sunday? It's wild west out there. Uh, but no, it's just no, nothing was open. Nobody would go downtown. And now, like, I was flipping to Huey to, to get into this uh, parking lot to look at the sign, and like, there's just a couple of hipsters standing on the street corner, and it's like, boy, in like five years basically since that, that experience, yeah. it's been explosive. It's really, really cool. So I will say that. Um, but uh, that's our buzz around town, and I think we will, uh, well, I know, we will yeah. have our guest here in a minute.
Hello and welcome back. We are joined by Dan Jones, who is the Executive Director of St. Vrain FC. Dan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And uh, we're going to hit you with a really tough question. You're probably a very fit guy, so it probably doesn't apply, but like, uh, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie flavor? Oh, that's easy. Thin Mint. Jeez. This guy's got all the answers. <laughs> is that something here, isn't it? No, it's awesome. Thin Mint is awesome. I, uh, they have a new, a new one called Lemon. Uh, lemon something, I can't believe it's it is. just called Lemon. Good. Well, yesterday was the last day for Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, I saw, I saw so one of the Girl Scouts at uh, Safeway. Yeah, it's kind of like intense. We this have to do that. So. Super duper. It is. That's so, right now. <laughs> Dan, exactly. Let's have Dan here so we can talk about Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> All right, Dan. So, St. Vrain FC, for those people who don't know what FC stands for, it's football club. Correct. So you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where do you come from? And then kind of tell us a little bit about St. Vrain FC. So, uh... I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and grew up playing soccer for uh, my community club, and then ended up working for my community club, and then moved to Nashville when my wife was in nursing school. Loved Nashville, but needed to get out west where there was more skiing, hiking, fly fishing, and overall outdoors things to do. So right. we stumbled into Longmont, Colorado with uh, St. Rain FC, which is a youth soccer organization here. We like to say we're the only um, community first performance based soccer club in north central Colorado. Holy cow, and how many kids are involved in St. Brain FC? Hold on, though. What? The only, that was a big, that's a thing to digest. The only, the only, the only community first performance based soccer club in north central Colorado. Okay, so let's get into what community, I'll, I'll, I'll take <laughs> Brady's line here. So, what's community first then mean? We look to within, so we have a big rec foundation or grassroots soccer where kids come in and out of the sport, and that's where we develop our coaches. We are really ingrained in the community where we look to our future full-time employees as who is in our club currently as mm -hmm. a volunteer coach or, or, or even a player, and say, okay, and, when, and in 10 years, where are they going to be? So it's a different, it's a unique model of growth from within and not always pulling from exterior so is that unique to Longmont, or is that unique? Is that the model that exists around the United States too? I think it's a unique model to us, and I think it fits with Longmont um, being, you know, a community that stands on its own. Yeah, right? we're not just a part of the Denver metro or a part of some other major city. We are proud of who we are and proud of where we are, and I think that that model fits here well. Um, so there might be other clubs across the country that are doing it, but I don't know of anybody that does it in a way that's as specific and purposeful and built for a community and really succinctly works well. That's really cool. So tell us about your, um, kind of getting back to Longmont a little bit, like I know you moved to Longmont because of the outdoor, being close to the outdoors and fishing and other things too as well, but like tell us about what you find appealing about Longmont. There's a lot of talented people every day on a Saturday when we have you know a thousand people out at Sandstone or Sunset Middle School or Affalter Park. I run into somebody from a, a you know a band that just played at Left Hand or at Roosevelt Park to a high-level engineer to you know a writer. Who all these people are VPs or lawyers. There's so many talented people and, and they're they have come here for a similar reason to me. So the conversations become really easy to to have a conversation between professions, regardless of what you do. You always have a commonality that, generally speaking, most people move to Longmont for that family feel, that, that closeness, that gateway to Rocky Mountain National Park. And so, you know, I love that. I love having my son grow up in a place where I'm comfortable with him walking around on the streets and going to Sunset Pool and 
Yeah, just having a good time. Now, let's be clear, you're not dropping your kid off at the street right now. He's too young, so he's not, like, wandering the streets by himself. So. He's at daycare. He's coming to the podcast. He's, Main Street's pretty nice and the weather's good. Yeah. He's not going to die out like I go, go spend an hour at Scrumptious. Exactly. Here's the thing, buddy. You're going to cross the street, use crosswalks. You'll be fine. That's what my mother used to say. I could always run away from home, but I could never cross the street. So then I would be out there, like, at the corner of the street, being all mad. I could never cross the street because it's pissed off. And bindle. Yeah, it's uh, pissed off. Yeah. You'd make a lot of right turns. Yeah, I know. We couldn't. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I just thought it you when you're like, you got a, you got a handkerchief, you got your teddy bear, you got a baseball. I did. Throws it over his shoulder. I'm out of here, Mom. I'm out of here, Mom. These rules are too much. I'm going to take right hand turns. <laughs> so, so then, uh, um, how many kids did I? Uh, how many kids are involved in St. Brandon FC right now? Yeah, so we probably throughout the year have around 2,300 kids. Yeah. There's a lot of players that play in the, the fall that don't play in the spring. So, um, that's you know kids that are three to 19 years old. Um, from developmental players to competitive players. So a lot of players. And so is there an age range where they term out, like, you know, you're too old to play now? And, no, not, yes, in the traditional way to think, but there's tons of adult soccer opportunities in town recreationally or even competitively that we have lots of players that kind of filter into. And, and we're also trying to, you know, every year grow our program and say, why stop when the player's 19? Right. Maybe they want to keep playing. So we've right. got a team right now called the St. Green right. Oldies. They play on Wednesdays. Yeah. Do I dare ask how old the I, oldies are? What are they? Twenty? Thirty-five and oh, okay. older. Wow. Generally, all generally just uh, a bunch of coaches. Okay, so who's the oldest? <coughs> I, I'm curious about this. Who's the oldest player then? Yeah, Can we out them too? Like, what's their name? That. What's their name? What's their address? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Financial records. I think it might be Sir Lancelot. We'll just we'll give him a code name. Okay. He'll know Sounds who good. we're talking about. Okay. He's Age. probably in his early fifties. Okay. Nice. I, I will say that like what one of the things that just floored me when I moved out here and when I come back from the Midwest in particular is how fit people continue to be as they age. Because, and I, I kind of say it, but in the Midwest, there's sort of this thing where you, you know how old somebody is as they age. I mean, they, they, you sort of get bigger. I mean, it, hey, I represent that comment. Well, <laughs> represent that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you move here, and I, I'm in a cycling club, and it's not like a, a highfalutin cycling club, but we go on Tuesday nights, and I think one of the fastest guys in the group is like 70 or older. Oh, man. He, he just kills it. So it's unbelievable, because these guys, well, I'm retired now. What are you going to do? I'm going to train my butt up. I'm going to ride a bike and it's carbon fiber. Yeah. I'm just going yeah. to blow the doors off people. Have That's them. right. That's right. It's it's pretty cool, though. So how do, we, um, how do we get to kind of... You know, European soccer is just crazy. Brazilian <clears throat> soccer is just crazy. South American, you know, is just insane. Will we kind of ever get to, like, this tipping point where you think it'll be just as, as massive in the United States as it is around the world? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, in my lifetime, you've gone from seeing no professional sport, no professional soccer, um, a national team that can't even compete, and to... Seattle Sounders have 50,000 people at a game. Atlanta United has 50,000 people at a game. They're filling NFL stadiums. Um, and the new model for the MLS is trying to hit those 20 to 30 year olds that wanna have a date night or wanna have, you know, go out and have some beers and walk to a game. And soccer seems to be kind of the counterculture right now that is really 
in, in vogue for that group and in cities where the, these young franchises are developing, they're, they're tapping into that and you go to those places and that the stadium's right downtown by a bunch of bars and people just walk. So yeah, I mean, I think that's the model going forward and they've found what model works from a business standpoint. Now it's how can we repl replicate those similar large scale teams into smaller communities. There's no reason why Lama in 10 years couldn't have a professional team. Hmm. You gotta find the right environment, the right branding and the right model, but it's definitely possible. That'd be really cool. So is it more of a, I mean, I dare say like a hipster sport in America than it is in Europe? Uh, uh, personally, I don't like the word hipster, but... No, come on. Aren't, <laughs> you, one? Aren't you one? No, definitely not. No. no. <laughs> but, but yeah, I would guess you probably see a lot of tattoos at MLS games. Yeah. 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 That's cool. No, I actually really enjoyed, um, you know, seeing the Rapids a few times. And again, it's pretty a small population, but it's kind of cool as far mm -hmm. as just seeing that unique um, sport here in Denver and the, in the metro area, and it's really cool. Um, you know what, and Brady's lecturing me about getting in the microphone, and actually my wife always says, I can never hear him. So uh, I'm yeah, chewing on this. I'm watching the soundbar. Like, <laughs> look at me. That's me right there. You see that? Yeah, no, I can, I can go back there. further and yeah. find you and really. That's anyway, we're going to get back to our guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't, um, you're the one who brought it up, you turn. <laughs> so, Dan, focus, so what's guys, the future? Focus. I know. What's the, you know, we're a little amped up on caffeine, so he's looking at his own his own uh, wavelength now. But, Dan, so, like, what's the future of St. Brain FC, FC and in the community here? Is it is it expansion? Is it, you know, dare I say a stadium or some sort of facility? Or um, what, what do you see as the future? Uh, I think the future holds a lot of possibilities, and the future is really what we're going to make of it. And right now, what we're trying to make our future is expansion would be growth to me, um, continuing to grow within tor east towards uh, I-25 and continue to grow relationships in these different communities around us. Most of the towns that surround Longmont have recreational facilities or their own small scale recreational soccer groups. And we're really trying to formalize how can we be collaborative within these different groups. And by doing that, you know, within um, Carbon Valley, we re recently partnered with them and we're providing kind of a consultation on their programming where we help them with curriculum, they have our curriculum, we help organize and run their coach meetings, and the idea is if we can help improve the environment and be a part of that environment for their program, you know, there's gonna be more players playing soccer, more players continuing with soccer is in a more enjoyable environment, as well as more kids funneling eventually into St. Brain FC. We have a similar thing going with Niwot Youth Sports, so we're really just trying to be involved in these different communities around us and that will ultimately grow our scope as well and you know I, I do think that a soccer specific small scale stadium somewhere in Longmont is a possibility and probably who knows if I'll be here but in 10 years maybe 20 years but we're trying to so uh, form the foundation that could support something like that right um, where you know people meet at Long's Peak and have a few pints and then walk over to a game and support their local heroes that played for Skyline or Silver Creek or one of the, the high schools. So that's really what we're trying to move towards. And we do that through providing a great environment to the kids that we currently have and then focusing on what are those next generations looking like and Sounds building like a, a... Like a lot of seating. You're out there in not just this community, but like the the greater area, really trying to get that growth going, really trying to get 
all of these these new seeds planted. And you don't necessarily need to be there to watch that grow, but if you can go out there and make sure that things are doing okay once in a while, help them guide along. Yeah, it's not a scarcity model, right? We want to build a bigger pie. Right. And if that means helping others and seeing their, their programs grow and develop and blossom, there's more out there for everybody. Yeah, well, so, and to that end, too, you also do scholarships um, for, for students to get involved or kids to get involved, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, so we give away around fifty dollars to $60,000 of registration dues every year. That also looks like, takes the, the form of a child needs to, or a player or a team is going to Phoenix to a college showcase, right? Um, where that basically to explain, that's where teams go and there's college coaches that go there for recruiting aspects. So hmm. we have players that are on scholarship, meaning they can't afford to pay on their own. So we provide them registration fees to help be able to participate. We go one step further and say, okay, not only are we gonna help you participate, but when you need to go to that event down in Phoenix or, or even locally, but you have to pay to be seen by these coaches, we provide the funds for them to do that. And there's some really great stories of kids recently that are now playing Division II college soccer that had been on scholarship and wouldn't have been able to be, get that opportunity had it been for our fundraising efforts, which we run a handful of events throughout the year, um, a gala in February. Um, we're gonna do a soccer-thon this summer where we're trying to see if St. Brandon City can play soccer for 24 hours straight, which right. is gonna be awesome. I'm hoping I don't, I'm not expected to play that long. <laughs> well, that old group, I don't know, they might need a rest. We might have the eight yeah. to nine time yeah. frame and then yeah. beers afterwards. Yeah, that's cool. So can you give us the garden variety of how much it would cost to participate or? We have, so we have programs that start at $90 and with a scholarship that works out to be $20 or $30 to play for a season, mm -hmm. all the way up to our competitive programs where you're getting a professional coach, you're getting a lot of resources, and that's in the $1,500 for the year yeah. price point. We are, you know, we try to maintain a price point that makes sense for our wide variety of our diverse population here in Longmont, especially on the rec side. We believe soccer should be for everyone, but the reality is on the competitive side, we're offering a lot more, and therefore it's going to cost a bit more, but we still have that financial support system for everybody to be able to play. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No kid's gonna get left behind when it comes to St. Brand FC. Like for for real though. Not for real. Like, not like the the, the education thing. Right? <laughs> well, say that because I mean that sounds like a pretty good program. You've got all the scholarships. I know that there is a lot of um, lower income families, and um, that can just be a huge barrier. It's cool to see like this this type of thing be a truly uh, meritocracy, whatever you want to call it, where people yeah. can just come in and say, "I want, I would like to do this," and they're like, "Well, it's super nominal. Like, it's you, we can get you in." Can, yeah, and I, I love this the fact <coughs> that you support the trips too. So it's not just like, "Hey, you got you get to play." The fees are waived or whatever, but you're actually helping them with equipment or whatever, and also yeah. travel and that sort of thing. So that's great. Yeah, and merit's a great way to put it, right? Like we have, we want to provide everything that we possibly can for the kids that that are actively seeking it out yeah. or are or, or, or in need. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to sports like this, like cycling, like a lot of different things, you've got to put the time in to be really good at it. And I know for cycling, like, there's a huge barrier to entry. Because the, the cost of a decent bike is, is crazy. And it, that, that can weed a lot of people out. And it could be the same thing with a lot of other sports, soccer too, where you have a lot of people that could be very, very interested in doing it, but your kneecap by your, your situation. And like these yeah. kids could go on to have a, 
if not a fulfilling experience in a career in the, in the yeah. sport. But that's the brilliant thing about soccer is all you need is a, a ball. Right. And that yeah. could be a ball of rags. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. Anything we haven't asked you that you'd like to let our listeners know? Oh, I'd like to thank my them. wife, Gabby Jones. She's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we're not giving an award. Just to be clear to our listeners, we're not giving them an award. But um, but in the show notes, we'll have information about St. Brain FC. And um, really appreciate what you do. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, very cool. All right, welcome back. We were uh, thrilled to have Dan Jones from uh, St. Brain FC. Yeah, he's got a good, he's a good guy. Voice. He's a good guy. He's got a good radio voice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really passionate about soccer and bringing that... I'd like to see it moving here because it's such a uh, an international sport. And when we lived in Europe, it's like the whole world's going nuts, and then the United States is kind of like, eh. Well, I mean, football just took over years ago, and just seems to not want to. You know, there, there doesn't seem to be too much room for anything else. Right. Really. I do well, hope that if, if it ever gets popular in the states in that way, that it, it's got the broadcasting model like they've got in Europe, where they just play a ninety-minute game straight through. That's the way it have to work. Because oh to me, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the that's the cool thing about the whole sport mm-hmm. is is ninety minutes, and you're going, you know, flat on. You got forty-five minutes break, and yep. then forty-five minutes, yep. and that is just awesome. The idea of the United States like interrupting with commercials. Every I could watch more American football if. They just yeah. laid off. Yeah. I just can't watch it. It's like, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, what's cool about that is, is Dan talks about all you really need is a, is a ball. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about basketball, too. All you really need is a basketball. Ball that's why it just took off. Ball hoop. Yeah. You know, whereas baseball is, you know, participation in baseball is kind of flat because, you know, what you need, you need a giant baseball diamond and stuff, and visually it's kind of dull. Yeah, I know a lot of our listeners who love baseball. If you love baseball, you love the sport. Like, I've got nothing against the sport, but from a spectator standpoint, there are, there are sports that are more engaging. Uh, that's, that's the way that I feel personally. And also football's evolved in the rules, which is really good. I think you just keep your audience, and baseball is mm-hmm. still... They, they, the hardliners just do not want to see that evolve at all. And to me, that's, you know, some we can do a whole podcast on that. Good. I mean, some of the stuff that's most interesting about watching professional sports is, like, the technical aspects of it. And, like, when you take a foul intentionally in basketball or yep. in football, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, we got All some right, events. we got some events. So you got something over there real quick? Yeah, downtown pop-up. Second Fridays in downtown Longmont are a celebration of art, culture, and community. So we've got one on, I believe, the 13th, yep, March 13th, 6 to 9 p.m., and uh, art events going on, Old Town Marketplace. We've got stuff at Walnut Gallery. Uh, this is all uh, the main street blocks. So 300 block, you got Maker General, 400 block, you got Firehouse Art Center, Great Frame Up, uh, The Well, Walnut? Yeah. Uh, this one's The Well. Yeah. You know what The Well is? St. Stephen's Church. Yeah, so The Well is for, it's actually, I believe, a support group for alcoholics. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, so there's a whole bunch all the way up the block. Convivium, all those guys up there. Magic Fairy Candle Gifts, um, stuff at Three and Sons Bootstrap. Um, so check out the, the the downtown area. If you live out in the Greater Longmont diaspora, venture around down. Absolutely, you got to come into downtown. It's awesome. You had some some more interesting stuff. I have some other things too. So Contemporary <laughs> Book Arts is uh, Firehouse Arts Center is having that exhibit March 5th through April 5th. And it is, they're having a second Friday reception on March 13th, 6 to 9 p.m. So it is a, they celebrate um, month of printmaking with artist books made from a variety of printmaking techniques ranging from the serial to the one of a kind. Focused on the play between ideas, mass production, and unique artistry. 
Neat. So it features all these different artists, and you know, you can check it out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. The other thing, too, I have is Boulder County Parks and Open Space has all these wonderful events that they've got going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one the of season, them, like, we're warming up. Absolutely. So one of them is this, uh, they're doing a Birding Through the Season slide program, Monday, March 23rd, 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the Longmont Public Library Meeting Room, 409 4th Avenue. Um, join volunteer naturalists to learn where to, where to find and how to identify some of the local birds. Learn about the challenges birds face and how they adapt. Aren't birds weird? Well, I just I just think it's it, that verbiage just kind of makes me laugh. The challenges birds face. It's kind of like they're on a they're on some sort of course or something. Like you know, a thing. Like yeah. <laughs> you you also learn about migratory birds that return or pass by through the or pass through during the year. Right. Birds are wild. I, I used to think birds were just kind of weird, and then like, the more you pay attention, they're like twitchy, and it's like they're actually each yeah. one is pretty neat, and they're like little dinosaurs. I, I love the fact that um, right now, being spring, you just hear so many more birds. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I notice first when spring's rolling around yeah. is that uh, the ambience changes so much. It goes from that that dead, calm winter. Yeah, you like, oh, it's cheery. It's like it's really cool. The other one too is the rattlesnake hike is coming up on Saturday, May sixteenth. 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, near Lyons, and I can only imagine this is probably the rattle, this is the Rabbit Mountain open space, which has one of the largest populations of rattlesnakes in the, I believe, in Colorado and if not the country. Yeah. Um, do not, of course, avoid Rabbit Mountain open space. It's a great trail. In fact, I was there on Sunday, but there are things that I'm mindful that, uh, having served on Boulder County Parks and Open Space Commission, uh, we've got to see a lot of slides about and a lot of photographs about the rattlesnakes that are up there. I got a sales picture. Exactly. My wife uh, just hates rattlesnakes, so the idea I always tease her when we go to Rabbit Mountain that hey, we're going to see a snake. Do you love it? Do you, like are you into rattlesnakes? No, no, no. They freak me out. So I'm not freaked out about I'm not freaked out about many snakes, but this one freaks me out. You're talking about your wife, like oh, she hates them. Yeah, exactly. Everyone like yeah. normal people. Yeah, exactly. normal people like but it's elated to see a rattlesnake. So anyway, yeah, I mean, there's so many events going on with uh, Boulder County Parks and Open Space, and so I'd just have you check that out, and I'll have um, that in the show notes, too, as well. And then they're having a senior fish-off Friday, April 17th, 6.30 to 10 a.m. What's a fish-off? Like going fishing? And you're like yeah, going so the trout have fattened up, and it's uh, their biting prizes will be awarded for the heaviest rainbow trout, most experienced, oldest angler, mm -hmm. best fishing hat, and first to catch the limit. Okay. Wally Taves um, Park, so um, open to people, seniors 65 and older, which is kind of a bummer. I thought, you know, I was kind of in that class, but I'm not old enough. Not quite there yet. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I don't, get the, for you, don't get the discount, so it's kind of sad. But um, anyway, just wanted to say thanks to Dan again for joining us, and thanks to Andy Epler for our intro music, and <clears> thanks <throat> to... Um, Let's see, Michael Belmont, who's actually going to do our outro music, which is Bouncing. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. Reach out to us at info longmontorg And again, we are always looking for music that we can play and we can promote your song or musical act. Sure. Thanks, right. Brady. Thanks, sir. Write us and tell us what we got wrong. That's right. That's so, good luck getting toilet paper. <laughs>